Just making a disclaimer, Lena, this statement is not mine. I heard it somewhere and I'm paraphrasing it. Ne? It is a choice that we have to make today that it's either you're going to take things for granted or you're going to take them with gratitude. And I am making a recommendation while I start the sermon. Can we maybe learn to take things with gratitude? Hallelujah. Now, the text that we read this morning, just quickly to give you a good background, is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was on his way, I get it, to Jerusalem. And if you notice, chapter 17, yeah, Luke, right? And then Luke ends with chapter 24. Logically, you must understand that he was going to be crucified, by the way. He was already on his way to be crucified. He was going to Jerusalem. That was the trip, basically. So it was towards the end of his ministry here on earth. I thought I might just give you that dimension. But as he was going to Jerusalem, it says he was passing along, you underline, between Samaria and Galilee. So he was not in Samaria and he was not in Galilee. He was in between. Amen? He found himself in between these two places. And there's a message for all of us there. There are times that all of us, we find ourselves not there and not there. Somewhere floating around. Some of you, 2022 might have been that year whereby really you never moved and you never really got anywhere. Like you are floating around and it most often in between places, there's a lot of neglect. Nobody looks after spaces like that because nobody owns that space. Amen. And there's a message for us there. Let's continue. It says, as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. You see, he was not at that village as he was about to enter. It's like as you are leaving South Africa, Botswana. There's that stretch where it belongs to nobody. So as he was entering in no man's land, he was met by ten lepers. I just want to say first and foremost, there are times in life where you'll certainly find yourself in no man's land when it comes to a lot of things. And I'm here to say to you, Jesus has a habit of coming to spaces like that. Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Who stood at a distance? Now I'm going to pause here for real and talk a little bit. What I'm learning here is 10 people were being ostracized rejected, even forsaken by society. And they were living in that space. And I'm here to say to some of us, we have been rejected. It might not be society. It might be somebody you loved. You might have been ostracized by your family because of the path you chose in life. It could be for whatever reason. The reason is not important, but what I'm trying, being ostracized, being rejected, right? It is really nothing new in this room. Most of us have been there. There, there were times in my life nobody wanted to touch me in the church circles. Hallelujah. 
I, I can tell you, hey man, the WhatsApp group, again, what do you call them? The messages, these no, don't touch that one, amen. So there are seasons like that. And when maybe you are in that season, nobody wants to touch you, nobody wants to associate with you, nobody wants to take a photograph with you, or is it a photo? Nobody wants to make a video with you, nobody wants to associate with you. I'm here to just say to you, just know you are in good company. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Jesus tends not to overlook those who are ostracized, those who are rejected. Amen. He loves them. He's drawn to them. He's attracted to them. Amen. But now these people, due to the rejection they had already experienced from society, when they see Jesus, they don't talk to him close to him. It says from a distance. They kept the distance because they got used to keeping the distance. In fact, pastor taught you, keep your distance. And I just, I'm just here to say, maybe it's not a good idea to keep your distance. Maybe try to get closer, amen. But these people had already embraced their situation that because of our leprosy, and leprosy in our context could be any form of thing that people don't want to associate with, amen. And because of that, they said, we will keep our distance. Now, this is Jesus. We know that he can help us, but we are not going to go to him. We know that God answers prayer. We know that God heals. We know that God saves. We know God gives you breakthroughs. But somehow I want the breakthrough from God but I want to keep my distance from God. I know that Jesus can change my life but I don't want to get too close to him. I want to keep a distance. And I, I think I'm talking to somebody in the house. We, 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 have, we are so messed up that we are so afraid to get closer to God. And now because the church is regarded as a place where God resides, we don't even want to go to church. We want to keep our distance from the house of God. But not only that, we want to keep our distance from the man of God or the woman of God because you don't want to be close to anything that is associated with God. But somehow you want the breakthrough. You want the healing mamuruti. You want, you want the relationship, but you are saying, is it possible to get it at a distance? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I had another one, Mauban. You know people can talk. But this other friend of ours, she's sitting in the church. Baru can I touch the screen? I don't know if you know that one. Hallelujah. Touch the screen. If you are part of those who attend the Touch the Screen Church, it means you are at a distance. Because now, subconsciously, you have resolved that when now you are not worthy to fellowship Libanababal, you are not worthy to come into the present, and you are saying, I'll rather connect at a distance, I will wait for him to say, touch the cell phone, touch the screen, and about you shall be healed. And as you know, nobody has ever gotten healed from that. I don't care which pastor you listen to. They don't work those things. Amen. It's just a gimmick. It's just a marketing gimmick. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You need to be in that place. 
you need to be clo in close proximity with Christ. Amen. So don't keep your distance from the servants of God. Don't keep your distance from the children of God. Don't keep your distance from the church either. You must get into it. You must come closer. You must get into close fellowship with God. Amen. The way you are. One person who preaches well, I don't know who it is, Ari, come as you are. That's what I'm trying to say. You must come as you are. And these lepers, they didn't get it because they were labeled already, but we will talk to him from a distance. But we don't talk to God. The prophet will talk for us. No, 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 no. We need to change that. You need... But who stood at a distance? Ten of them. And like it's there, but the one statistics here is ten people. Can you see? So you are not alone, eh? Yeah. They stood at a distance. You are not alone. People don't want to get into the presence of God anymore. Amen. The way are perfect. And we are saying we know the more we preach. The more, the more we are getting closer to him, the more the things are falling off. Amen. But we need to get closer to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. In fact, don't be part of a church and then Jaraya fell two years, three years. It's not a good thing. I tell you, because not everything in your life can be solved by one sermon in the pulpit. Sometimes you must close the gap. And her one-on-one, hierarchy sweet. Hierarchy is why you are not supposed to attend. It's supposed to be free. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. I agree. We are given the gift for free. And we must serve people for free. Amen. But you must be in the habit. And sometimes it's not even that we have the Holy Spirit. It's obvious. Amen. But there are times no make obvious because of the Spirit in us. We know we know. Amen. And we are not talking about it, but I just wanted to just deal with the issue here. There's no need to keep your distance from Christians, from, 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 from the church, from God. You should not try to get closer as you are. But I love Jesus. He says, and they lifted up their voices together. Ne? Jesus, one, they acknowledge who he is. Maybe we must all learn to acknowledge who he is, Jesus. But I like the following, Master. So if you read the preceding verses, verse 9, uh, going back to verse 1, hallelujah, uh, it talks about unworthy servants and so forth. So the story just follows through with that theme, hallelujah. So they are saying, Master, and they are saying, no, we are your servants. We see you as Lord. We see you as your subjects, amen. But, but you see, the story gets interesting. So they call him Lord if you want to. They call him Master. So that confession to say he is Lord, it's very important, amen. About a Master, or rather they said, Master, have mercy on us. Can you see that? About Sininako, should I tell you something very interesting? Under normal circumstances, lepers won't say, have mercy on us. Won't say, Master. 
They'll shout, unclean, unclean, unclean. That's how it's supposed to be done. That's how the law in the Old Testament says. So whenever they shout, they'll say unclean. In other words, they'll talk about the uncleanliness in their lives. They'll talk about their sins. Amen. But in this instant, they say, no, our situation can change. We can see ourselves not becoming unclean anymore. We can see that there is a master. We are not going to declare and confess that we are unclean, but we are going to say he is our master. And they say it in a very loud voice and they say, have mercy on us. They suddenly realize now we are at the place of mercy. The house of God is a place of mercy. Jesus Christ is a merciful savior. God the Father, he is the God of all all mercy. He loves us so much. Hallelujah and glory to Jesus. He wants to make us sons and daughters. Amen. Regardless of where we come from, what we have done, what we are, we are anticipating to do, he, he doesn't really care about that. He's so merciful because he knows once we are close to him, he can work on us and make us to become what he has always seen us to be. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And they say, have mercy on us. We don't want to talk about that other teachers and preachers can do a better job than me there. Amen. When he saw them, you see, Morena Jesu Abona, Arwen, Momo Bible Mutangolan Luke, Arwen, he saw them. When he saw them, I'm saying to you now, when God sees you, God sees you in this crowd. And of course, I forgot to greet our YouTube uh, friends. Greetings in the name of Jesus. Wow, born a little YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, I'm not going to say touch the screen, but God sees you as you are doing church here. Touch the screen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So when he saw them, he said to them, he speaks to them, he talks to them. So sometimes the message is because Mudimu Uboni is God talking to you, Uboni, that he speaks to you, he speaks to you. What did he say to them? Are, I want you to do something that is highly unconventional here. I want you to go and show yourselves to the priest. That was illegal. They were regarded as unclean. They were not supposed to get close to a man of God. But Jesus says, the way you are, in your condition, you must go and show yourself to the man of God. Wow, what a contradiction. That's the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel as we are, we need to get into the space with people who carry our destiny. We need to get into the space with God also. Amen. Don't, don't run away because trying to fix yourself from a distance, it's not going to work. It has never worked. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Mm. Guess what? They knew that it was legal. They knew that they could even be beheaded. They knew that they could even be killed, right? Yes. You know what they did? You want to know? Yes. They obeyed the instruction. There's obedience here. Maybe write it down in big letters. They obeyed. When the word of the Lord is spoken, learn to obey. They obeyed him, knowing the dangers of what they're about to do. And as they went, they were cleansed. Hallelujah. Obedience will always carry your breakthrough. I'm going to repeat. 
Sometimes your breakthrough is hidden in acts of obedience. And as they went, that one step of faith you take could alter the direction of your life. Maybe it could be two steps. Maybe to some of you it could be three, it could be four, but you, you don't have to walk for a very long distance with God before you get your breakthrough. But as you take your step of obedience, there is a breakthrough waiting for you. In this case, these guys, they were cleansed immediately. Unheard of. Unheard of. And this is a real story, by the way, Bazalan. It's not a parable. It actually happens. Then I love the next part, and this is where the message is, and the message is not long. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, one of them, one of them, one of them 90% did not acknowledge what is happening. 10%. Here's my message to you. Don't go with the 90. I, I think even today the statistics is the same. Nine out of ten of people don't have the habit of going back to say thank you. I can tell you. The statistics, I think it remains just like this. I haven't done the numbers. I did not even bother Googling. Nine out of ten, they, don't, they did not see the need. They took things for granted. I'm going to repeat. I'm saying 90% of society take things for granted. You took things for granted in this country when you had electricity every day. You never bother to pay, pray for your government. You never bother to thank God for a stable government. Look at what is happening. Yeah, yeah let's talk. Let's talk. Now it looks like we are joining them because we took things for granted. The whole country. We never stood up. I just thank God I was not a preacher, but we never stood up and say for one, two, three that we have in this country. Things that we never heard of. That tomorrow we might wake up not knowing who's our president. We might just wake up to a leaderless country. Hmm? I'm just because we took things for granted. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Some of us at least we did go around Africa. So we are used to the noise of generator. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. But we can change everything. When we stop taking things for granted. All I'm trying to see. The majority in society. Always take things for granted. You take it for granted that there are opportunities for you as a woman in this nation? Don't take it for granted. You don't know who's waiting in the pipeline to be the leader of this country and says all the women back to the kitchen. I can tell you, while the opportunities are there, it's time to be grateful. It is time to thank God for the opportunities because you don't know who's next. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody here. Amen. The man took it for granted. They thought they would be always the ones in corporate. And it was taken away from them because they were never grateful. And those who have opportunities today, if they are not grateful, it will be taken away. Yes, it might not be what you are looking for. 
Your mother didn't have a car, but we're not a maga four by four, you have a CDC or whatever, you Lamborghini, and then you are blessed by God and you are taking it for granted. Maybe you must become that voice and say, Women who came before me never had opportunities to drive this kind of cars. Now, let me tell you, as a man coming from the township, men who came from the township, most of them did not, did not have the opportunities I have. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. Hallelujah. Preachers who came before me did not have the opportunities I have. They don't have the things I have probably. But what I'm talking I'm so grateful. But when you take things for granted, you think God has given you little. Are you sure? Are you sure? Have you really searched and digged around and realized that God has given you so much the problem is you are comparing yourself with somebody else. And the person you are comparing yourself to, God did not give them those things. They got them by themselves, and you know what they had to do to get those things. I had one man tell me that there's a man in his church who said, Mfundis, don't ask me for a tithe when it comes to my money. A very wealthy man, okay? There are estates whereby there are guards, but there are estates whereby it looks like a prison. The process, okay? He stays in places like that. He says, I just want to tell you, God did not give me these things because what I had to do to get this, mm-mm, is Enzel. Of course, you know, it's proceeds of crime. I think it's Enzel. But when you didn't have to do any of those things, God has blessed you. But you're trying to compare yourself to criminals. When you start to realize what you have, God gave it to you. You didn't have to sell your body. You did not have to kill anybody. You did not have to do anything out of order. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And you have reason to thank God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You didn't have to pay even a bribe. And you have the things you have. And you're still complaining. You are ungrateful. You are trying to compete. You have to change your mindset. And realize that Either way, because it's God. If God was not with you, you won't have any of those things. Because you are supposed to do what others have done to have the things they have. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, this church can be ten times or hundred times bigger than this, I can tell you. If I was willing to do what others have done to, to get bigger ministries. Therefore, I'm grateful to be pastoring you this morning. Amen. Because this is God. I did not have to do any gimmicks or do any funny thing. I just had to follow God. And that's it. That's what I'm trying to say. Have the heart of gratitude. Stop comparing yourself with others. Because our was good pastor. Anyway, Mrs. Yege. So this one man, when he realized that he's healed, turned back, right? Went to Jesus. What did he do when he was going back to him as we conclude? He was praising God. Can you see that? And how was he praising God? With a loud voice. Can you now maybe learn to have a loud voice when you praise God? Stop praising God in secret. Can our generation know that what's happening in your life, it is God? 
If it was the enemy, you won't be here. If the enemy will have his way, you should be dead by now. You should be broke by now. You should be in prison right now. You should, you should, you should be in ICU. You should be in a hospital. But you are here. And don't withhold your praise. Praise the Lord. If it was not of God, our church won't be here today. In the midst of COVID, as a startup ministry, we are still here. Big church is closed because of COVID. Pastors passed on because of COVID. I am still here. I have reason to thank God. I have. And in the midst of COVID, we started building. It can only be God. I have to be grateful. If you are a member of the church, you have to be grateful that in the midst of difficulties and challenges, we are seeing a hand of God. It might not be as big as we want to, but we can see that no man. Because with our own strength, we can't do what we are doing. Amen. He was praising God with a loud voice. Loud one. Amen. You must trend because you are praising God for the things that He's doing that are great in your life. Amen. Just look for another one. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Because some of you don't have gratitude because you're a problem. You think that's the end of the world when this one thing is moved from your life. Hi, man. Hi, man. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. Don't come and fall in front of my feet. I'm not Jesus. But you can do it in your room. Go down on your knees. Because some of you say, it's a little out of order. It's a little bit Worship does require you to kneel down. It doesn't matter which society you come from. You must go down on your knees. But when I God wants this. Who told you? You must go down on your knees. From time to time, with your face, as a sign of surrender. Amen. Yes, we can talk to God like this. But when you are really grateful, you go down. Hallelujah. And you praise him. Amen. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. Hallelujah. You must look at West African. When they meet somebody who's a bit superior to their standards, they do go down. And Amen. But when we become Basalwane, we tend to forget some of these things. We don't give honor where it is due. This man, what he was doing, he says, Jesus. I want to honor you. And the best way to honor you, I'm going to show you I'm beneath you. He goes down and he allows him up. Amen. I never said go around Amen. But of course, if you're in a relationship, it's a good gesture to go down on your knees for your husband. But not only that, husband, maybe from time to time, how come you're down on your knees? There's nothing wrong. It's a sign of honor. 
Amen. But well, this guest has been eroded because the man is American too much. Amen. Now I pray and I pray that God helps me become better and better and take the gospel to America. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Glory to Jesus. All right, but anyway, he fell on his feet, so you know that you need to learn to do that to God at least. At least once a week. Once a week, once a week, we'll talk again, maybe we encourage you at least once a day. You need to learn that, amen. Jesus. We are almost done with the text, right? Yeah, we are. Are he was doing what? Giving him thanks. Can you see that? One per, again, 10%. Comes back. One out of 10 comes back and say thank you. When was the last time? You went down on your knees. Whether we are there or not there. And say, And you raise your hands. No money required, nothing. You are fully able just to say, I just want to thank you. Just because I just want to thank you today. And you go down on your knees. There is somebody who's listening to me probably somewhere saying, I wish I could do what he's doing. And they say, I can give away all my wealth just to be able to do that. Where not or you have nothing. Therefore, you don't want to be grateful unto God. Think again. There is something. And you know, Los Namangwele, we can still tell you, you can still fall on your face. Because you still have a face. Praise God for that. Amen. What I'm trying to say, we don't have a reason whatsoever not to be grateful unto God. Not to be thankful. Not to have a heart of great, uh, a gratitude. But he gave thanks. I like that. So the nine, Bagalavanda, they are blessed. Hallelujah. They're in the community already. I can picture them. Among Regle, Lamborghini, among Ferrari, among Rolls Royce. South Africans, I get it. But you know. They forgot now. You can just see the picture. He's the heat of town. But one of them says, I, Before I become the heat in town, I'm just going to go back and thank the Lord. I mean, I said, You know, some of you, there are people who came, but nobody in this church. In front of us, where are they? They always go because they don't have gratitude. Suddenly, we are not articulate enough. Suddenly, we are not progressive enough. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. He had this non-gratitude. Or actually, if it was not of that ministry, maybe I'll not have known one, two, three about God. Gratitude, you have to criticize about what you saying. Hmm? doesn't matter what they did you can still be grateful that you have parents because some people wish if they can have half a parent okay. I will go to another church yeah. 
You, what I'm trying to say, you have so much in your life to be grateful of. Every, as, as you can see, I'm not even talking material, there is so much. So let's unpack this thing, because I try to just stick to this scripture today as opposed to being all over the place. Let's just finalize. Then, now he was a Samaritan, the scriptures say. He was a foreigner, right? So the Samaritan, in simple terms, Gidi cousins, Judah, he was not a Jew. So he was not supposed to be close to Jesus. Another problem, right there. He broke protocol. I know I'm not wanted, but I'm going. They had their own ways of worshipping. He was raised in a certain way to worship. But, but because of what this man has done for me, I protocol of that side, the man, I'm going back to him and thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. And then, let's read the final verses here, the second last. Thank you so much, Andile. Amen. I'm so grateful, Andile. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to be great. There's so much to be grateful of. Hallelujah. Mm. Anyway, just to conclude then. Then Jesus answered, ne? We're not ten cleansed. I'm just saying this year, how many people were spared? And how many of us are saying, we are coming back to thank God? How many of us are even saying, I'm making a date to be at church, even at Christmas Day, because I could have missed this one? How many of us are saying, I need to thank God this year, despite what might have happened? Where are the nine, Jesus asked? Was not one found to return and give praise to God, except this foreigner? The one who was not qualified became the qualified. Here's my point, my sister. Gratitude qualifies unqualified. You want to be accepted in the highest of God. Learn gratitude. Simple, ne? But it's the most difficult thing to do. You know what is the most painful thing in life? Again, it's not original. I read a lot. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. In one of the things I was reading, or books, whatever, they say the painful moment in the life of an atheist, those who don't believe in God, is when they realize they have to thank somebody, and then there's no one to thank, because they believe there is no God. That's very painful. And then I get why Usalebu Mudimuri are not an atheist. Can you just give the Lord a hand and pray? I get now, maybe I think you have nothing to thank God for. Thank him at least you have the sense to say there is a God. You give him the praise for that. Amen. Because an atheist, when he's blessed, when he has things, he has no one to thank. Okay, Miss Call. Amen. If you are not hearing me clearly, it means I'm getting closer and closer to going to New York. Your preacher call. Amen. <laughs> okay, I'm still relevant. All right, all right, all right. Then uh, he said, said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus will always tell you rise. And it's nice when he says rise. Rise. And I'm having a message. Those who have the heart of gratitude, 
those who are in the habit to go down on their knees and to worship him and to praise him, you'll always hear him saying, rise, arise from the situation. That situation will always be below your knees. He'll make you rise from situation and circumstances that you thought you'll never get out of them. When you have the heart of gratitude. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Right quickly, 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 quickly. In conclusion, number one, I'm just going to go through this. Number one, gratitude is an antidote for despondency. Write it down quickly. I'll repeat. Gratitude is an antidote for despondency. I know most of you, but the punchline it is an antidote for despondency. When you have lost all hope, just know you do have gratitude. In other words, when you find somebody who's hopeless in any sector of society, it's somebody who has no gratitude. You can't be hopeless if you have gratitude. Secret, 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 secret. That is why most of you you are here maybe. You survived the three years because you had a heart of gratitude. Hence, you kept your hope alive. Number two, write down quickly. When we are grateful, we glorify God. Very important. You saw that man, how he did it again. So when you are grateful, you glorify God. Amen. And I'll give you a verse for that one. Psalm 69 verse 30 on the NIV reads as follows. Do you have it, Melo? Psalm 69 verse 30 on the NIV. I will praise God's name in a song. Amen. Be in the habit of doing that. Amen. And glorify him with thanksgiving. I'm going to repeat and glorify him with thanksgiving. So what, what is happening here? When we are grateful, that's when you're glorifying God. Don't just say, I glorify you. Sometimes say, I am grateful. For one, two, three. In the process of doing that, that's when you say, I glorify you. Meaning it's not necessary to always say, I glorify you. Like, I love you. It's not always necessary. You can show acts of love. So gratitude is an act of showing glory, honor to God. In other words, gratitude honors God. So never dishonor God with ingratitude. Hence I said it is a sin when you are not grateful, when you don't have gratitude. Amen? Amen. Can you see it's a sin now? Because you are dishonoring God. Amen? I wrote here, ingratitude is a is in a way a direct assault on God's glory. You are attacking his glory because you are saying, God, you didn't do it. I did it myself. Number three. When we are grateful, we please God. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 in the ESV. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what it says. Amen? So, so gratitude is the will of God. Amen? That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be thankful. Amen? And then walking in the will of God will definitely please God. Amen? Let's do number four. When we are grateful, we keep our focus on God. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Amen. So we need to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our focus on God, so that even when we have circumstances that we don't want, 
Whereas as long as we are focused on him, we keep on going. Amen. So it helps us to keep focused on God no matter what is happening in our lives. I can tell you things are not perfect in my life. Things are not the way I really wanted them to be. I can tell you in this church things are not the way I want them to be. But guess what? I keep my eyes focused on Christ. And as I do that, I, I, I remain a happy guy. I remain a joyful person because my focus is not on the wrong things, but is on the little things that are good. Amen. Amen. You know what you must say in your heart. I'm so grateful that I have a wife to argue with. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm just saying a heart of gratitude will show you even the little or maybe it is a privilege. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. about Amen. They have to commit crime to have kids, but unabo. Just thank God for that. Amen. Okay. How many more to go? Oh, two more to go. Okay. Number five. Number five, ne? All right. Number five. When we are grateful, we experience peace. Amen. I had to force this one in. It's, everything else I said is found Luke 17, 11 to 19. So this one really I had to force it in. Amen. In other words, Barbary theologians will say, but uh, according to the text you read, we don't see anything about peace. I'm aware, but I thought I must throw it in. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Okay, there you go. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How na hearts because how na thankfulness. People who have gratitude. You can sleep nicely at night. Amen. Learn to have gratitude. Amen. Then with that money, you can come and donate here. And praise God for that. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Number six. When we are grateful, right? We are doing the right thing. And it is our duty. Did you know that? And you're going like, where am I getting it? First of all, Jesus was expecting all ten to come. He was expecting them to do the right thing. Again, he was expecting them to do their duty. But I have another verse, another witness to support. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. I read from the Living Translation, Amen. He likes the LB. Amen. He says I must buy him the LB translation. But I didn't see your guest today, Butelezi. Amen. Looks like you're losing out. But it reads as follows. Dear brothers, giving thanks to God for you is not only the right thing to do. Number one, Laibona, it's not just it's the right thing to do, but not only that. Ari, but it is our duty to God because it is our duty to God. I just want to emphasize that thankfulness is our duty to God. Don't be. Gratefulness, gratitude, thankfulness. It is our duty to God. 
That is the least we can do to God. You see, for God, what he has done for you in your life, everything, there's nothing you can really do for him. The least you can do, your duty is to say thank you. Hmm? Millicent, what can you do for God? And what? You can just say thank you. Okay, that's the last one finally. When we are grateful, we express our faith. You talk too much about faith, but you don't talk about gratitude. Look at verse number 19 when Jesus finishes here. Ari, look, chapter 17, verse 9. And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Turning around, I get it, like obedience, they went, they got healed, but he's turning around to come and say thank you, to come and honor him, to glorify him, to, to, to worship him, and so forth. Jesus says, actually, this is what you just did. You just expressed your faith. You had so much faith in me. People who have faith in God, they have gratitude. They are thankful. Unthankful people, I can tell you, without any shadow of doubt, they don't have faith in God. You have to learn to thank God when things are not going your way. Ah, when you don't have everything, learn to thank Him because keep faith into Him. It is an expression of your faith. Don't wait until you have everything. Ari, your faith has made you well. I just want to bring one dimension because I'm a pastor, I have to. And I had to write this one on my Bible here. I've developed a new habit. Well, in the context of this verse and in the context of the New Testament, I read well. I mean, well, 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 like you know. In the Greek, it says, Sisoken. I'm not pronouncing well, I think it's none of my business. I'm not Greek. But that word means salvation. Now, on the Bible I have down here, it has a footnote in verse 19, I get it. And then the footnote regarding this, uh, verse 19, it is salvation also. So even in your Bible, it's all there. So this well, Harry, your faith has made you well. It was no longer referring to the healing. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Miss Call, I'm going to repeat. He was no longer referring to the healing. He was a leper, he was healed. What it means, those nine never lost their healing. They were healed permanently. He was healed. But then he got into another dimension. As a foreigner, he got to be saved. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, he got to be reconciled. Because you see, you can get things from God and not be saved. Because God is a loving God. He will bless you when you cry out to him. But it does not translate to salvation unless you turn back and say thank you. You seal your salvation by coming back with a heart of gratitude. Amen. Now let me just spoil the party your Christmas. The fact that you are blessed does not mean you are saved. Does not mean that. Yes, it is God who gave you everything, but does not mean you are saved. You have to make sure you are saved. One of the ways is to come back and say thank you. And that is why, that is why 90% of us, 
we know that you have been blessed by God, but you are not necessarily saved. Because you didn't fulfill other things. Coming back and saying thank you assures your salvation. So if you want to know you are going to heaven, check your behavior and your habits of gratitude. I think next year sometimes we must preach about the habit of gratitude. Look at your habits of gratitude. They will tell us if we are now destined for heaven. Because our lives are not to end here. There is life beyond here. Salvation. Are <laughs> your faith has made. In other words, Mahualidi theology and uh, guys who have really studied these things, by Peter, saving faith. Amen. Gratitude is associated with saving faith. There's faith for material things, that's okay. But what about your soul? What about your soul? So, so what I just said to you, Bazalwane. We must recognize the goodness of God in our lives. That's the heart of gratitude. I just unwrapped it for you today. You must have that heart. It must never be wrapped ever in your life, gratitude. We want to see it. And this one is not a surprise. It's not a secret. I left this one for the last. Ingratitude is a way of saying to God that he owes us whatever he gives us. Ingratitude, ne? We are saying to God, he owes us whatever he gives us. And that we don't owe him anything in return. That's a subtle message we are sending to God when we don't have gratitude. Hence I said it's a sin. And I'm saying, let us stop that. Change our lives. Be known for your thank yous. More than the verses you quote. Amen. Unto your name. Ah.